Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is back with us in studio this afternoon and standing by to chat about an issue which I know will have affected other listeners besides the one who brought a case study to us this week, whether or not you're entitled to a refund for your train ticket if your trip was interrupted and didn't deliver you to the station uh, that they promised. Wendy is also going to give us some feedback on some of the product disappearances you've been asking about, from pea and ham soup to smoked Viennas and more. And then we'll hopefully have time for a couple of open line calls or voice notes as well. Just a reminder, once again, if you want to call in, the number is 021-446-0567. We take your WhatsApps to 072-567-1567. And if you still prefer SMS, that number is 31567. Welcome back, Wendy. Thank you, Pippa. Good to be with you. Really important public transport issue today. What's the story? Okay, so, yeah, if you catch a, a, a train rather in Cape Town, as you said, there's a pretty good likelihood that you won't reach your destination. Train services have been disrupted by several things in recent months. Vandalism saw the false base section of the rail service shut down in October and led to several trains on the Northern Line being cancelled the month before that. There were also extended delays and cancellations across uh, several main railway corridors. But So those those um, trains didn't run at all, right? It yeah. was just a break in service. But what if you're already on a train and you're forced to get off quite a distance from your destination? Um, because the train has had to stop due to stoning, that's happened, happened, Um, sand on the tracks or some other calamity. Are you entitled to a refund of your ticket price? And based on some reports we got, I thought these people weren't getting their refunds from the ticket office. I mean, where else would they go? They don't have any money to continue their journey in another way except on foot. Um, then I thought, oh, it's going to be well beyond our controls and stoning, whatever. So interesting issue. Um, it was raised with us by Paul Murray uh, last Thursday after his family's nursing carer's disastrous train experience that morning on her way to work. Okay, so Paul wrote in to say to us, uh, to tell us how uh, Karen Natasha had bought a ticket at the Woodstock station um, just after 10 past seven that morning, and her end destination that she'd paid for was Plumstead. Her train, number 113, arrived duly at 10 to 8, and she got on board without incident. But then partway through the trip, the train broke down or stopped somewhere between Salt River and Observatory stations. And uh, Natasha saw other passengers um, also wondering what was going on. They all witnessed the driver walking alongside the train and they asked him for some feedback about what was going on and when would we be back on, on the move. And he simply said he had no information. So they carried on patiently waiting. Um about half an hour later, when still no explanation had been offered and no progress made, a lot of people started deciding to find another way to work and people started jumping off the train and walking on to the next station, uh, which was at Observatory. Natasha was worried about getting off the train um, and uh, she tried firstly dialing Metrorail's 0800 number uh, for assistance and was first told that the delay was due to sand on the line and then later told that it was due to power shortages. Uh, by this point, she wasn't just late for work. She was actually beginning to feel physically unsafe where she was. And we've got Natasha Daniels with us on the line uh, to tell us what happened. Natasha, thank you for being willing to share your story with us. Welcome to Cape Talk. Thank you very much. Thanks you were, for having me. It's a great, great pleasure. At this point, you were feeling actually unsafe on the train. Can you explain why? 
Um, I was um, in the carriage was about nine to nine to fifteen people, mm-hmm. and after being there for thirty minutes, most of the people they either jumped off or they went to the next carriage. Then I was left with two gentlemen on the um, in the carriage, and I felt uh, very threatened and very nervous and unsafe because I did not know what to do. It was raining, it, uh, it was too high to jump, and yeah, the driver walked past the carriage which I was in. And when asking him um, what's the way forward, is the train going to move? He just lifted his shoulders and said he doesn't know. Yoy. And he walked to the front of the train, yeah. Now, I know you, you called uh, your employer, uh, employer Paul for help and um, uh, he started trying to work in the background to find out what was going on and we'll chat to him in a few minutes. But Natasha, yes, how yes. long were, were you stuck there? I mean, how did you eventually get off the train? I was stuck there about for 40 to 49 minutes. Yeah. Mm in between uh, Saltrim and Observatory. And uh, I got help by people. We, we all helped each other. There was an elderly lady on the train as well. Yeah. So we helped each other off the train and we walked alongside the tracks from River to Observatory, which there was squatter camps alongside the tracks as well. So not so a, a comfortable or pleasant walk uh, in the rain and uh, obviously a long way and you're aware yes. of the fact that you are now going to be late for work and uh, and that you've spent money for a service that hasn't been given to you. Now, Absolutely. when you finally made it to the observatory station, Natasha, you, you went to the ticket office and uh, can you tell us uh, w- what they said to you? Yeah, myself and another two gentlemen went to the ticket office and we asked the ticket lady um, to refund us our money. Because I said, my employee and my boss will be picking me up, so can I please get my money? And she said that she, she first spoke in, in her language, which is Koza, and she said that afterwards she said that there's no money, there's no cashier, and I should go find my money by the station where I bought the tickets. Oh, one that's now yeah. miles behind Great you. Great customer service. Unbelievable. Um, you, yeah. I'm sure you weren't the only one asking for a refund, Natasha. No, we were about three or four people, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so that's where we leave Natasha at the station in observatory, uh, trying to get the refund um, uh, that she felt was owed to her, uh, waiting for her employer Paul to come and fetch her and uh, bring her to work, but getting no joy uh, from the people who were supposed to be uh, assisting her with that. And uh, uh, after a very unpleasant uh, walk to get to that ticket office to seek that refund, um, uh, we've got Paul on the line with Natasha. Um, Natasha, if you wouldn't mind ho- handing the, the, the phone over to Paul, because while Natasha was making that long walk to the station. Paul was trying to get help in in other ways uh, in the background. Paul, are you with us? Hello? Hi, Paul. Yes, welcome to Cape Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Wendy, let me let you pick up the story. Okay. Hi, Paul. We've been chatting off air about this this, uh, event last Thursday. Um, So so share with us, if you will, please, what what you were going through, you got this very anguished call from Natasha and, you know, you tried to help. Um, were you able to engage with Prasa? And if so, how did you fare? Um, I immediately phoned the 0800 number yeah. um, to try and get assistance. Um, on first physically uh, getting through to them, uh, the first operator wasn't able to tell me what was wrong with the train. She disappeared. I re-phoned the actual number again and then we got hold of a lady called Kathy on the assistance line. She told us that um, basically the train had been cancelled um, after she had found the operations room. And um, she said if I had any problems, I could put a formal complaint in. 
I then requested that uh, the complaint that I have is that we have people that are on the train that don't know that the train is has been cancelled and that um, the lady there was starting to panic based on the fact that there was only two men left and herself in the carriage. Um, I then requested her to go back to the operations rooms to request, can someone please go out to assist? And they came back and they eventually said they will send someone uh, what was more uh, disturbing when I uh, went when I, I arrived at the station, I went there immediately to go pick her up mm-hmm. on the well, um There was quite a controversial um, situation happening at the ticket office. Um, two gentlemen were trying to um, get money back for their ticket. Um, when I approached the, the the lady to ask, "Is there someone that I can contact to get Natasha's money back?" Um, the security guy arrived. Um, I then said, "Look, I'm not trying to be." You know, uh, I'm just trying to find out who can I contact. Is there any name that I can contact? He then wasn't able to help. He walked away. But the lady behind the desk, instead of helping, she disappeared. Um, She just said, uh, there's no money here. And um, I said, "Um, please, uh, who can I contact? She then disappeared into the office. There's there's another room in the office. And there was no one left there. And Mm. these guys were complaining that they'd been waiting for approximately three hours and they were also selling tickets at the time. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, yeah. So they knew full well that the trains are not running, but but uh, the the selling of tickets just continues without telling the, the thing. The three-hour gentleman, I mean, these are people with no money. Every cent physically counts. Yeah. yeah. I saw that uh, video that I don't know if you took it or, or Natasha took yeah. it, Paul, but uh, of short clips of the same gentleman saying, yeah. You know, asking very nicely, you know, but what can I do now? I don't have any more money for transport. I need to get yeah. some money back so I can carry on. And there was just this complete, yeah. you know, lack of empathy, lack of information, yeah. just can't help, which is yeah. unacceptable. As we always say on this show, things go wrong, but yeah. and, and sometimes they're beyond your control. But putting proper communication in place is always within your control. And that's clearly didn't happen in this case. Um the other point of concern is the yes. answer that you can cross over to go to the sand on the rail. There's no sand on the rail in that area. The sand problems that occur is between Fishwick and Simonstown. Those trains have been running for years, so the maintenance of, of those trains maybe is a problem. But, but to say, first of all, to tell Natasha, the first time that she found was that the sand on the rail, and the second time it's due to ESCOM and the power shortages. <sighs> Hi. Okay. This is the type of information that's coming from uh, the 08 number. Um, and the, the other thing that was a point of concern, the refund, um, there's no money. Surely you're selling tickets and there's finances in, in the, in, 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 you know what I'm trying to say, in the ticket office. Yeah. If a person must, must try and recover your money and you're going to have it put into the banking account, that the, the financial accounts, you know what I'm trying to say, the implication, it makes it, Null and void. Um, it's not even worthwhile trying to get your money back. Um, yeah. So I, I, thought, I, I definitely know that uh, the process officials working in the ticket office uh, are not privy to any uh, policy the process has. And, it would um, seem so. Yeah. I don't think more I'm trying to say. So once yeah. again, we're just getting lip service from, from someone and... Um, that story about uh, if you're not happy, you can put a formal complaint in. I know where that formal complaint's going to go. Absolutely uh, nowhere. Yeah. 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 Paul, please stay on the line. I just wanted to, to bring Wendy um, in with some of her own feedback at this point, and then I will come back to you because, Wendy, 
in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, these customers paid for a ticket which was to deliver them from station A to station B, and that service was not delivered as they'd paid for it. Surely yeah. in terms of the CPA, a refund must be due. It must be due, and... Um Certainly, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud recently um, put a statement out saying that you know, force majeure doesn't apply to these sort of um, transactions. Okay. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this kind of tra- transaction, she was speaking about COVID cancellations, but I'm sure, I mean, this is also oh, yeah. the same situation where the service provider could say, but this was beyond our control. That could be interrogated in terms of was there actually sand on the yeah, line, exactly. but what was it poor it, maintenance? Yeah. What, what was it? But anyway, so I did approach the Passenger Rail Agency of South Africa, um, the uh, process acting head of communications, Nana Zanani. Um, I did incidentally invite her to join our on-air discussion as well, but she's off work today. She's unwell. So okay. she gave. we're left with her written response, which is, we want to apologize to the commuters for an unpleasant experience on our trains. The matter has been shared with the relevant customer care department. The sand issue, um, and Paul was speaking to this response um, just now. She said, this, the issue of sand on the track is a real issue for us in operations. The sand gets into critical equipment and hampers the safe movement of trains, resulting in cancellations. The issue of sand on the track is a natural occurrence and cannot be anticipated. Environmental bylaws, because I said to her, I've heard people often say on social media, but we've always had sand. Why is it suddenly an issue now? And yeah. She said, environmental bylaws, I don't know, um, how long they've been in effect, but uh, the inference is not, not, they weren't in effect decades ago, prevent us from merely removing the sand in a conventional way. This means we can, we can simply, sorry, this means we can we send our, I think it's supposed to be can't. We can't send our guys to simply remove the sand off the tracks. And she said, we've also been open about the age and unpredictable, unpredictable nature of our trains, hence the acquisition and gradual phasing in of new trains. Now, the main question, refunds. She says, all customers are entitled to a ticket refund. I think that should be made into a notice and put onto the ticket office's uh, glass. stuck inside the trains as well. Possibly, yes. Um, Definitely, yes. Customers must go to their respective ticket offices and claim their refunds immediately. (laughs) But that's exactly what Natasha tried (laughs) to do. So, So what did Nana say to that? She said, it does happen, however that the ticket office does not have enough money to refund the tickets. Well, this was would have been getting on for mid to late morning. So as, as Paul says, there should have been money in the till. Highly unlikely, um, yeah. In such a case, customer details must be captured, which include ID numbers, train numbers, so that customers can be contacted and refunded. Now, I'm sorry, but to me, if you think of, of people spending their last scrape together rands on a train ticket, I mean, do they have a bank account? Do, you know, are they going to have airtime on their phone to be contacted? It's just not acceptable. They need to the best, the most practical, fuss-free way of doing this is to refund people at the time they are stranded because that's when they actually need the money. They need the money to get and on to the next point they're trying to reach. If exactly. anybody has yeah. has actually done this, complaint or you know. Um, uh, given their details for redress later and actually got it, I'd really like to hear from them. Yeah. Um, and then I went on to say, we advocate for customers to request refunds within 30 minutes of the trip termination or as soon as they disembark from the train. <laughs> for some people, you know, these trains are meant to stop at platforms, not for you to drop down onto the track. So for some yeah. people, as in Natasha's case, disembarking from the train could take some time. To ensure that all the tickets are captured 
for a refund. We are happy to get in touch with the customer. This would be Natasha. If you can send your contacts, which we most certainly will do, and I'm pretty sure Natasha will get her money back at least. Eventually, but um, I'm interested to hear what Paul thinks of that response. So, Paul, they're absolutely unequivocal in saying a refund is due, and Natasha clearly followed their rules precisely doing what they said she should do, going to the ticket office to claim her refund as quickly as she could. What do you make of their response? Um, uh, the, the basic response is if they deposit the money into her account, the bank charges and things like that makes it non void. She should be able to go to any station uh, and basically say, Hi, my name's Natasha. This is what basically happened. And and um, can I please have my money back? Um, I think that should be a more fair. Uh, and, and that should happen. You know what I'm trying to say? There's, there's three other gentlemen that were were in such dire uh, dispute mm-hmm. at the time. Um, um, I just can't get past, in other words, the reaction um, from. Uh, process, uh, uh, how can I say, personnel. Yeah. Paul, thank you very much for, firstly, for stepping in to help Natasha that morning, but secondly, for bringing this matter to our attention and uh, allowing Wendy to raise it with Prasa. I am willing to bet good money that there are other listeners who've had this experience out there. And again, as Wendy said, have you managed to get a refund out of Prasa if you've been caught in this situation? We'd love to hear from you whether the system does occasionally work or whether Natasha's experience is in fact the norm that customers can expect. Uh, Paul, thank you. All the best to you and to Natasha and appreciate your joining us on the show today. God bless. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul, Murray and Wendy. Thank you so much for, for taking up uh, that particular case and investigating. The bottom line is the customers need to know they do have the right to a refund. Yes, and Prasa needs to know that maybe they should ensure that they, given that this is not a, a rare occurrence, that they should have the funds available in the offices. In the um, kitty, yeah. In the kitty. Um, maybe they're afraid of, of, of theft. Theft targeting, But yeah. they didn't say that. Um, but but clearly, there needs to be a better system. Uh, Wendy, before we move on to the disappearing products, a few people already responding to the Prasa story. Uh, uh, Alan saying, what an appalling response and service by Prasa staff on the train and at the local and national offices. How much would it cost them to have an emergency helpline and team able to react accordingly every time this happens? The benefits for all, including Prasa, would be immense Come on, Prasa, says Alan. And then from Jane saying, I despair for people who rely on public transport daily. I live in Musenberg and the trains are finally running on the Southern Line again. I was so delighted for my cleaner as she's been spending a fortune on taxi fare. But today she told me she will rather pay the money for a taxi as it is just not safe on the train. Mm. As it is, she travels without a bag, without a phone. She hides our house key under her clothing and is permanently vulnerable. It is heartbreaking. Jane, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that is the reality that you're sketching. Um, somebody feeling a little bit more, um, uh, no, not not more sympathetic. Sorry, Ishmael, let me just read it as it came in. In good faith, Prasa should give a refund, or if not possible, they should provide equivalent tickets plus complimentary tickets as an apology. It costs them nothing. Restore customer confidence, uh, SA government, says Ishmael. Um, yeah, still waiting to hear from anybody who has successfully asked for <laughs> a refund and got one. I wonder if there's anyone out there. Well, let's see. Let's I mean, out. if we don't hear from them, it doesn't mean they don't exist, but sure. it's not doesn't look good. But yeah, again, it's about the communication thing. If this is now regular occurrence, put systems in place that people have information, that people uh, refunds. Yes, we've spoken about, it, but unacceptable that that there's a hunched, you know, shrugged shrug shoulders, shoulders and yeah. go walking into the next office and you know 
just damn you kind of thing. I just, I just, it's just kind of bad that it's just yeah. unacceptable. Cape Talk, Consumer Talk, WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Right, uh, uh, WhatsApp to that number asking, please, are you going to talk about the Woolies Muesli as <laughs> promised last week? <laughs> yes, we are. Just a second though, uh, some, some context here. We have uh, obviously in the last year or so reflected on several product shortages from the HP sauce to the Marmite to the fish paste disappearing from the shelves for, for vastly different reasons. Don't Some of them forget links, the salt and vinegar. Oh, chips. the salt and vinegar chips, Wendy, how could I forget? <laughs> Lots of different reasons behind those disappearances. Some of them permanent, some of them temporary, some of them due to lockdown, supply chains, etc. Recently, though, there's been a sudden surge in listeners querying where is product X and product Y. So Wendy has been keeping a list as she does from time to time, and she's done some digging. Wendy, last week, some Somebody raised the issue of the pea and ham cup of soup. Did you find anything else? I did. Um, uh, Unilever's response is the production team has confirmed that the product has been discontinued oh, sorry, due to a low consumer demand for the product within South Africa and also because it was delisted by the major retailers. Um, that, you know, they only have certain shelf space and if something's not moving, then they'll delist it and say, we don't, yes. don't supply that anymore. Um, I will, however, forward your query to the brand manager and the research and development team as a demand as a demand for the product for their consideration. doesn't quite make sense, but I think it's just something standard they say to placate. I think it um, would be very unlikely if we saw that variant back on the shelves. So oh, my, terribly my, sorry, my, pea my and ham. is going to be devastated. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, uh, so that one's gone. Uh, what about the Vienna sausages? Yes, this was something I've been meaning to chat about because George Derrida emailed me last month to express what he called his huge concern about the disappearance of certain woolies smoked and red Viennas. Why were they suddenly withdrawn? Is there something that Woolworths is hiding from the consumer because there was no communication? You see, oh, it's, so this, this, is, this, this is, is the problem. communication issues exactly. do. Because instead of it being um, the explanation we're about to hear, somebody's mind is going, is this another listeria case? Or, exactly, uh, sausages, or especially sausages. Yeah. I think so notes to retailers, just... Let customers Things know happen that are beyond on. your control yeah. and just communicate. So what is happening? So what is happening is that um, one of the Woolies' deli meat suppliers changed their production operation in September at very short notice, causing us to lose production of a number of products, which included smoked Viennas, salamis, etc. While we have reintroduced salami sticks, we still have a number of products that we're looking to redevelop with new suppliers and have back on shelves for customers soonest. Um, smoked Viennas, our previous producer, ceased production of this product at the end of September. We are working to establish production with a new supplier. Um, this I got a couple of weeks ago, to be honest, and I should have just checked that they haven't done it. So if okay, so they, but might, this be is, back they might be back. Okay. Red Viennas, the product was eliminated. Another one gone. Yeah. Production, i.e., production permanently stopped due to poor sales. Beechwood smoked German Viennas. There is currently full supply, although the product may sell out in stores from time to time. So that's okay. I'd funny that now that you say that, I'd noticed the salami sticks disappearing because they were lunchbox staple yes. uh, in our house, and uh, they were gone for quite a while. But that's good. So they're back. And uh, George, thanks for flagging the issue for us. The Woolies. I actually did some research. Whoever sent that message, you're obviously in the same boat as me <laughs> because uh, my husband and my son. That's their staple breakfast uh, diet, just yeah. about every day. So until a month or two ago, that we when it suddenly disappeared and um, 
I thought it was just a sort of a sellout of the particular line at my particular store, but we've since looked everywhere without finding it. And I reached out to Woolies on Twitter and their customer care agent actually got back to me remarkably quickly to say, Muesli is temporarily out of stock due to a raw material shortage. We're they just say what it is. I know. Didn't elaborate on what that raw material was, but they did say they're expecting stock to be back in stores from March. So not to, uh, another two, three weeks to wait, hopefully, and not much longer than that. Uh, I know, Wendy, you did try and find I did, more, because no, I thought there's very high likelihood that whatever that ingredient was um, is in many other products and they would would you know, would follow that there would be a shortage of those as well. But I did get a, an acknowledgement of my um, of my query. Um, admittedly, it was only this morning, so to be fair, um, they said they are working on it, but I haven't had a response yet. Okay, so that one but, though expected But at least back. we know it's back due okay. back in March. Now, far more serious than foodstuffs we like disappearing is when medication disappears and again this is nothing new um ask any woman who's on birth control the the supply chain issues for the last couple of years have been problematic the schizophrenia patients i know life-changing medication that unavailable for months on end in the first part of lockdown Uh, i know my pharmacist has mentioned that some of the products have been affected by the looting in july last year wendy because apparently at least one production facility was affected the um that pharmacy organization predicted this thing because a lot of the um, the, the manuf- uh, one major manufacturer warehouse yeah. was and and the distributions as well. So this is to be expected, but really hard to deal with yeah. now. And um, so this product in question that I was asked about is Cholesterix. Um, Tony wrote to say, I'd like to know why I can't find Cholesterix tablets anywhere in the market. A few months ago, I was still able to purchase from Take Lot. When I tried purchasing the next month, the tablets were out of stock. This tablet has been removed from pharmacy shelves and no one at the pharmacies can give me a reasonable explanation why it was removed. It's a natural product derived from cane sugar and highly effective with reducing LDL cholesterol from the bloodstream very quickly. The company that manufactures it goes by the name of um, Rejuvenesse. Rejuvenesse, thank you. Okay. Um, So I thought the the quickest way to get uh, an answer was to go to my very efficient media liaison person um, at Clicks. Um, and she did come back to me to say that Clicks hadn't actually stocked it for the last um, eight years or so due to lack of demand. Okay, so, so they I w- wouldn't really be on speed with no, up to speed with shortages. But and I checked on Take a Lot. Um, Tony's right; it's not there. But um, Discam appears to have it. Okay, Tony. So I'm sure that's a- an, an obvious place he would have tried. But when I googled it, it was there with its price and whatever. So. Okay. Uh, I wonder if you placed an order with it. It would still go through. That's another matter. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So if anyone's got any... you know more information around the product um i just thought with the time we had available the chances of getting a response from the manufacturer were, was quite slim okay i don't have a, a relationship with that company um so if anybody has found a good stock uh, as an alternative supplier of rejuvenesce uh, maybe it is discam uh, that's definitely something to try tony but if anybody else uh, uses that product and and has found an alternative way of getting hold of it please do uh, pop us a, a voice note or an sms um Okay, two people asking about Marmite disappearing again, Wendy. Elaine and John in Bergfleet both saying uh, Marmite seems to have disappeared again. And as John says, I could probably make my own fish paste, but Marmite is a sprint too far. <laughs> uh, are you aware? I mean, I'm we know not, the, the not... original story was that the brewer's yeast, the byproduct of yes, brewing. Yes, because of the alcohol band. The alcohol band yeah. wasn't available, but that's no longer relevant. No, it's not. So that is surprising. Um I don't know, to be honest. Just heard about this now, so I'm going to have to ask um, 
for, uh, for an update. The company concerned, yes. Sorry, we can. I'll have to come back next okay, week. Okay, so Marmite is one, and then somebody else saying, "What about Johnson and Johnson dental floss? Floss. I can't find stock of that anywhere." Okay. And then melanin ginger jam in the stores. None of it to be found. Says another WhatsApp. Uh, I wonder if that's a seasonal issue. Although there's plenty of watermelon around yes, right now. Of course now, there so, is. Yeah. Um, uh, that Did you see apply. my tweet, by the way? I was. No? I spent the last week in Plet, yeah. and I went into the checkers there in the Plet Plettenberg Bay Mall. I mean, there's these big wedges of of um, watermelon with this, you know, black pips, right? Seeds, yes. and on top of them, on each one wrapped, you know, they cut them up so you don't buy a whole one. Yes. And they cling wrapped on top of the seeds. Woof, big. Seed shape sign saying seedless. Oh dear! <laughs> Somebody caught that. Uh, I said, oh uh, "Yeah, I said, can you believe someone actually stuck the sticker on the pips?" And Checkers got back <laughs> to me quite quickly it. to say, "Oops, sorry, we'll look into this. Thank you, Wendy. You're one in a million." And I thought, "Okay, points for <laughs> okay, points for a sense of humour." Yes. Oh dear. Anyway, um, yes. So melon and ginger jam. We get my list: J and J dental floss and, and marmite. marmite. Okay, okay, to be continued. Lovely to get an email in from Jackie, and this uh, I'm really because Jackie messaged us a week or two ago, Wendy. She was the one who had taken out a BritBox subscription oh, only yes. to find that the device that she uses to stream on other platforms didn't work with BritBox. Yeah, I remember this. And we both responded to say that legally BritBox is in the clear here. It was your job to make sure you had a compatible device before signing the Did subscription. Did we miss something? No. What happened is after the show, um, uh, BritBox actually reached out to me to oh. say we heard Jackie, uh, Jackie's comment, please, will you give us her details, connect us so that we can assist her, which was, A, firstly, great service. But Jackie has just actually mailed us to say, I'd like to give a thumbs up for BritBox. After the message I sent to 567, they refunded my year's subscription because my MyBox was not compatible. Thank you to you and Wendy for taking the time to broadcast my message and connecting me with the BritBox team. Really amazing service. Oh, thumbs, thumbs up, up 10 out of 10 really really good thank you and Jackie thank you for taking the time to let us know that uh, uh, I do appreciate your, your sharing that okay um Wow, I'm amazed by that. Actually, um, no, I mean, I, I really at the time thought good on you. They obviously are, are monitoring, um, monitoring media coverage, to do a whole and, years. and it, it wasn't their responsibility to fix that. Actually, it wasn't a situation of no, it definitely so, wasn't. So that's oh, really great. going. And above I and feel beyond. sorry for her because it's actually <laughs> we subscribe, and it's a really lovely service. Yeah. Okay, um, this is an interesting one. Um, Wendy, it dates back to the refunds on the baked beans. This was last year sometime. There was a, yes, a, a recall several uh, of batches affected. Many, many of products. products yeah. yes. So the message from Anonymous says, I can't get a refund out of pick and pay um, for the beans which were listed on a returnable items list. The manager seems obstinate about giving me my refund. Perhaps a note from Wendy will convince <laughs> them to do the right thing. Uh, look, impossible to comment without knowing that for sure you are part of the batch that has to be returned because remember if you've got beans that were made in a different batch and are not subject to the recall then they're not obliged to take them back from you but if you've checked that can and you're absolutely sure that what you're trying to return is part of the designated recall please do send us the details including the best before dates manufacture dates where you bought it etc and the branch you're trying to return it to because Wendy will happily intervene uh, in that case I have to say uh, I'm just trying to find it quickly and I'm not finding it in time but I did take up another case with uh, um 
I'm sure it wasn't the same supermarket, same pick and pay branch, um, where there was a refusal. And I and I wrote to pick and pay's media people and said, is there some kind of cutoff? Because that certainly wasn't indicated in the recall. And she said, no, we'll we'll speak to that manager. So it would appear that random branches branches just they are they've just assuming that they um they has to it's too late now because you didn't come with everybody else but it's yep. not too late and it's not. Okay. if i get that email i will send it on i assume if it was not the right batch that the, he would have been told that that was the reason yeah you would think so yeah. that that would have been clearly explained okay thank you for that uh, we've got liz on the line from kenilworth who i think might have an answer on the marmite shortage because okay. liz you've actually made the, the call to pioneer yourself good afternoon I have. Um, I looked at the label on my precious last bottle of Marmite and I sold, phoned the customer care centre who took all my details and everything and said she would send an email through to head office. Yep. But I then sent an email to head office myself. It's made by Pioneer Foods. Um, well, after the, the lockdown was finished and the brewers started brewing again, they did get a batch of brewers yeast and Marmite was available for about two to three weeks in Cape Town and Stellenbosch and things and then off. Um, the point being that they cannot source the correct uh, grade of brewer's yeast from the breweries oh. at the moment. They have an ongoing problem. They are trying to uh, engage with all of the breweries they used to buy from SAB. And they said they're very sorry. They know everybody is going crazy. It will come back, but they cannot tell us when. Goodness. Okay, Liz, thank you so much for, for, for sharing that feedback. information with us. Well, it's vegetarian, and if people say try Vegemite. I don't know if you ever have, but they Yuck. say you either love or hate Marmite. Vegemite is, you could pave roads with it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's not vegetarian. <laughs> okay, oh, thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Liz, and thanks for keeping a sense of humor through the Marmite shortage. Okay, that, that, that would be interesting I to hear need more to, about. I'm when... definitely going to follow that up with um, my contact at Pioneer, because... I mean, I'm fascinated to know why. Why yeah. can't they get the same? They, they're getting the brewer's yeast but, yeast, but not the right grade. So what's changed in the brewing of the beer? Something that, if you take it back to source, to yes. source, there has to be a problem there. So it's very serious stuff. I must most definitely add that to my list. Okay, um, and uh, you can grade. also um, add to the, the missing products list. Uh, Janet in Woodstock WhatsApping to say Cartwright's curry powder has also disappeared from the shelves. Um, and Cora saying prep cream, which all the oldies use oh, cannot yes. be found either um, uh, so there we go you've got a bit I've of got, to I've do. got a lot okay. of work yes but happy to do it it's a bit of it's a fun one we can do it yes, a, a, as a follow-up time p- permitting you know a few minutes in every show if we can okay you're with Cape Talk you're with Cape Talk Literally two minutes in hand. I'm quite pleased because there's just enough time for me to alert you about uh, another scam that is doing the rounds. Wendy, we've spoken often about phishing scams and how to be so careful uh, and red flags when people ask for things like banking pins, etc. Um, I, why I noticed this is I'm pleased to see Gumtree being proactive. They are very uh, proactive. They uh, have to be. Yeah. And they have sent out a, an alert that they have recently received multiple reports of a phishing scam trying to get sellers' bank details out of them. Some users have received received WhatsApp messages from potential buyers with a link to a falsified post office website to enter their bank details. If you have received a WhatsApp or email with this link, please do not click on it or attempt to open it. And if you receive anything uh, through Gumtree that appears to be suspicious or sends up red flags in any way uh, from accounts claiming to be Gumtree, do not open the links. It is a phishing scam and apparently several people have been caught in, in recent weeks. And if you've got a few seconds, another yeah. one the post office warned about recently is um, you get a call from someone saying, uh, post office, 
head office saying there's a parcel for you and you owe the processing fee, which is legitimate, of in about 50 rand. Yeah. And they send you a link oh. and you click on that. And obviously the person provides a few details that they shouldn't. And then um, the bank account gets cleared out. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so yes, you you are asked to you you do get notified that there's a parcel waiting for you and that they're targeting people now because so many people are ordering stuff online from China wherever and then yeah. it's coming via the post office, and um, so obviously you you do get a notification but it doesn't come on, on by phone. Imagine the phone bill that the post office would have. It comes notification slip in your post box and you go there and then they ask you for the fee. So don't do any of those online things. The post office has said, uh, said a lot of people have fallen for it. Okay, you don't respond to any such notification from uh, the Claiming post office the first post a call office. and then the email with the link it's all a, f- a fraud okay thanks for for the heads up on that one Wendy we have to wrap things there yeah. uh, last thing to do is just remind listeners if they want to send a case your way uh all the details in a single email, please. And by that, we mean all the relevant details, reference numbers, relevant phone numbers, dates of purchase, uh, etc. Please put it all in a single email. I think what people do, Pip, is yeah. they think I'll give them Wendy that when she responds, but it just means extra admin and, and more importantly, a much greater chance that I actually won't see that second, that second email because email. of the deluge. So if I can get an email and act on it immediately, your chances of getting help are, are, are far better. Okay. increased. And yes. you send that mail, please, to consumer at NOLA. .co.za spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R We'll chat again next week, Wendy. Have a good one. Will do. Thanks.